Hello, Mothballers. On this week's episode of the Mothball Prophecies, we feature part one of our interview with Billy Billy B from TikTok. In this first part, we describe her origin story on how she started collecting. And in part two, we take a deep dive into glassware. Please enjoy Billy Billy B. You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down with someone who is currently occupying one of my favorite places that we all know I love, TikTok. And she is affectionately referred to as the Pyrex Lady. But her collection and knowledge goes so much further than just glassware. We're so excited to sit down with her today and work through all of that. Welcome to the show, Billy Billy B. Hi. Hello. We're so excited. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. One. I get to finally sit down with somebody from TikTok <laughs> because I talk about it so fucking much. Hell yeah. And two, we get to talk to somebody about Pyrex. <sighs> yes. And I, like, I, there's so many things that you know. I have so many questions that I was like spinning in my <laughs> brain today of like, okay, we're going to talk about this. Go for gonna... it. <laughs> I'm so excited. One, Whee! it's not very often that I run into somebody that has the same like brain steps that I have of like, okay, what is that? And why is that? And now I'm going to spend the next four hours rabbit holing. And then thanks to TikTok, I think now I'm realizing that I probably missed a diagnosis as a child as like <laughs> some type of neurodivergence. I mean, same. Um, yeah. Cause I fixate on lots uh, of, yes. yeah. So I, when I, I will, I was scrolling on TikTok and my TikTok's kind of all over the place. And I, I scroll up and then all of a sudden I see a piece of Pyrex <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. And, and then I see your beautiful face and then you just start like saying all of the things that this Pyrex is. And then I text Jill and I went, we have to have her on the show. She's one of <laughs> us. She gets yeah. it. I know. We need her. We need her. Oh, we need her. thanks. So thanks. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> What? I mean, ask me anything, I guess. I mean, it's hilarious. I get, um, I wasn't joking. Like people were like, oh no, you're over-exaggerating. And I took, I've been taking screenshots every day now. And I'm going to make a super cut of the amount of comments I get every morning asking me the exact same question um, <laughs> over and over and over again. And that is, how do you know so much about Pyrex? That's weird. <laughs> like, ah. Uh, Why is that weird? I well, don't. Well, it's also. Okay, so people don't understand that, well, one, people don't understand that other people have interests besides their own, because uh, everybody's very... What? Huh? Uh, crazy. That's a thing? Uh, I know. Selfish in that way, but also people don't tend to look at industrial items as being um, interesting, or like, how did it get here? And it also doesn't help that we, or me, or I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 29. I'm a, uh, I won't say smack dab in the middle, but I'm one of the elder millennials, and I... Um, I'm in this weird era of, I think the people born after me, like my sister is a, a Gen Z. Um, <laughs> she's very into learning about all that stuff. And then the, um, 
what is it like Gen X before me loved learning about all that stuff, but something happened in the millennial generation where we all just kind of went, okay. Yeah, and I'm so 30. People, yeah, okay. And so I'm you're 40. Jill's the hey, Gen Xer. No, you're not 40. Get out of here, you big sure liar. I am. <laughs> Damn. Can I, I have some... your skincare regimen? No shit, right? <laughs> It's Isn't insane. it annoying? Yeah, it's Good rude. God, you're yeah. so great. Ah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So Thanks. I needed yeah. that today. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no, yeah, I would agree with you too of like that, um, the kind of missing the mark a little bit. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. And then, well, yeah. we were, you know, like Jill's generation didn't have the internet in high school until like the very tail end college. And then yeah. you and I were like, thrust into like live journal and myspace and accessing the internet at school and paying for text messaging yes yes and getting yelled at for going over your limit even though you were still paying for people to like send you texts Mm -hmm. i used to get grounded for that all the time i'm like like, i can't control my friends don't call me until after nine o'clock yeah i remember until after 10 (laughs) yeah 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 my husband got a bill one time and he's like holy shit and i was like (laughs) Sorry. One of my 16th birthday presents when I was a teenager, my parents got me unlimited text messaging. And that was like, that was the greatest thing they have ever did. Like the best present that my parents had ever given me was unlimited call, unlimited text month long, mostly because they were tired of paying the ridiculous fees of me accidentally going over. So it was more present for them. (laughs) But like, I was like, oh, you're cool parents now. Yeah. (laughs) We're the cool guys. I saw a meme yesterday in one of like, uh, parenting group i'm in that's like a subgroup of a podcast because i'm meta and uh there was a <laughs> it was a screen like of like the old keypad on like a nokia right and then it was the t9 numbers oh, for yeah. texting and i'm yeah. figuring it out in my brain and it was i'm still mad about it it's, it's like said, muscle memory okay boomer <laughs> written out in t9 and i was like well i'm done with the internet forever i love forever it. forever I love and it. ever <laughs> Oh, yeah. I like blowing my little sister's mind. She's 11 years my junior. Um, my parents were already older when they had me. And then they were like laughably not supposed to be having children when they had my sister. And um, the generational gap between my mom and my sister, uh, it's a thing. And blowing my sister's mind and going, what's this? And holding up a floppy disk and her being like, that's the save button. I was like, <laughs> I've got to go somewhere. Like, I, I need to do this do to my this. brother. My brother is my baby brother is 15 years younger than me. So you get it. Isn't uh-huh. it weird? You'll say something. They'll be like, I don't get it. But then they'll say something and you'll be like, oh, I'm old. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Or he thinks that I don't know how to social media. We made social media. Yes. No. Okay. So, I HTML'd yeah. my ass off for MySpace. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. She yeah. actually codes for school. She travels and talks about coding at 18 years old. Um, yeah, she's that kind. But then she was like, well, you don't understand coding. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. I had MySpace. Yeah. You didn't spend hours looking for glittery font. I was just about to for say hours. That. And then like, because I was in college and I'd sit at the computer lab supposed to be working on a paper. And no, I was making my my space better yeah uh, yeah forever curating Duh. my music <laughs> yeah. now Decadence. we just sound old as fuck remember oh, for sure. when i know we had to, to all the gen zers listening we are so sorry that we were reminiscing about such an archaic time I'm technology not. but suck it up <laughs> <laughs> oh god mom's mad mom's mad <laughs> anyways back okay. to it speaking of our childhoods <laughs> Yeah. I so you mentioned in your email that you sent to us about 
kind of coming by things naturally as you're growing up. Yes. So did your, fa- I know you, you have a grandmother that owned a pawn shop, but outside of that, did anybody in your family deal or just collect? Um, it's kind of intertwined. It's something I can't separate from, from itself. Uh, my grandfather on my mother's side, so my, my dad's father, or my mom's father, sorry, um, owned a furniture factory for 60 years in Hickory, North Carolina. Wow. So I grew up, um, to make me shut up as a child, uh, playing with the manual metal button maker. Um, I could have easily lost a hand, but my grandfather being the way he is was like, it's fine. It'll make you stronger. Um, and I used to be, I used to make fabric buttons for hours on end for the furniture he was making. And so I dealt a lot with him and woodworking and he taught me how to refinish furniture. My father, yeah, refinishes furniture to this day in the garage. He takes antiques that people are throwing out, refurbs them, and then gives them away. Um, Yeah, my mother can knit, crochet, anything into existence, like literally anything. She's one of those people, I don't know how her brain works. She doesn't even look at patterns anymore. She just kind of goes, okay, and then like a blanket, Two hours later, I don't get, I don't understand. She's won awards. She has like a wall full of ribbons. Um, she has an entire room in her house specifically for paper ephemera and scrapbooking. Like I don't under, yeah, my whole family, I, I, I hold it to this day. I tell my whole family anytime I get the chance when I do talk to them, I'm like, all of y'all are on the spectrum. I just want to let you know that it is genetic. Um, and since I'm on the spectrum, that means one of y'all, one of y'all. Then I look at both my parents who are obsessed with certain things to a fault. And I'm like, one of y'all or both of y'all. Yes. And then they just like freak out. Um, Cause my sister, same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's with coding and computers and robots is her thing. Oh, wow. um, yeah. My grandmother on my dad's side owned the pawn shop, but she was also a massive hoarder. So I was thrown into her house a lot. When growing up, we would come up from Florida where I was being raised, but we'd be up there cumulatively about three months out of the year. And I would get thrown back and forth to both sides of the family who lived within a five mile radius of each other, mind you, uh, to both my grandparents. And both of them were crazy um, and both obsessed with other things. (laughs) So it really became a what can I entertain myself with as Mm. an only child growing up while I was being left here? Um, And my, my grandmother, I was the first female grandchild out of a bunch of boys my closest cousin yeah my closest cousin in age on that side of the family is 12 years my senior so it was 12 all boys 12 years me alone so my grandma in her mind um was like I have to fix her like she was like I have to make her everything I've ever wanted to make out of a, out of a daughter. And I, she obsessed over me as a child. And it was very, she was very adamant that I know things like she, she was, why does a car run like that? Why does it sound like that? Why do the birds do that? Why does the tree look like that? Why does this furniture look like this? And it would just go on for eons. And that's just how I grew up being. I, I, I kind of caught the bug of wanting to know what is this? Mm -hmm. What is this? But anytime I ever, she never let up. I, I can't remember a moment in my life where my grandmother wasn't standing over me asking where something came from and quizzing me oh, on wow. what it was. Yeah. And I mean, I talk about that on, I don't know what episode of my podcast, my grandmother, that was her thing every Christmas. We never got Christmas gifts because she spent all of her money, including her pension on 
just random crap that she would find and think has some value. She was also obsessed. She was very mentally ill. She collected buttons, old pill bottles, uh, random newspaper clippings. Uh, she would sometimes clip the dates out of newspapers, just the dates. <laughs> wow. Pictures of people's faces that she found to be like attractive, like m- mathematically attractive. <laughs> she was just, and that's, that's her entire house was filled to the brim with that up to the ceiling. Wow. Um, oh. Yeah. And she, she would quiz me on everything. She, where's the, when, when is this button from? I'd be like, I don't know. And she'd be like, well, here's how you know. And she would take a screwdriver and pop off the back of the button and like open it up and be like, here's how and like go into this whole thing. So now I've just got a bunch of like random marbles rolling around in my head of random shit that I scare my friends with on a consistent basis. (laughs) I had that same kind of upbringing. Also, I'm the only girl. I have all brothers. (gasps) Um, My uncle never this is my my maternal grandmother. My uncle never had any children. And my mother growing up was not as traditionally feminine as my grandmother probably would have liked her to be yeah and so when I came around she wanted me to be everything and then some but we caught we butt heads we butted heads we did not really get along until I was in high school I was definitely more in my grandfather's pocket but I would go shopping with my grandmother to the antique stores and like hands in your pockets don't touch anything and she would just like speak over me of the things I was looking at so like when I started going with friends of mine because I I have always loved to antique and thrift and then I had friends that never did any of that I was like let's go to my favorite spot and we'd walk around and then I was mirroring the same behavior of my grandmother going well no you don't pay that much for that teacup because it's a china from reproduction it's really not worth anything especially what they're asking and they were like how do you know this and i was like because i was just like by proxy here's your antique knowledge take it yeah no those christmas gifts every year like i said she couldn't afford anything so we just got random shit out of her house she would just find something in the rubble and put it in a bag put it in a nice bag too and be like here's your christmas gift be like what the hell is this (laughs) um and we so opposite to you, I got along with my grandma up until I was about 12. And then my sister was born. <sighs> yep. And so she was the second female grandchild. And up until that point, I was, I had all boy cousins. So I was very rough and tumble with them because they're 12 years older than me. So at mm-hmm. like eight years old, they're already like well into their late teens. So they're like being rambunctious with me and whatnot. And I liked, you know, playing ball and all this other stuff. So I guess I just wasn't the model of whatever she wanted me to, this cute little, she wanted to turn me into a debutante, let's be real. Um, But my sister came along and she was instantly like, ah, a new slate. And it became um, a very contentious thing. Now, instead of trying to quiz me on things because she wanted me to know, she would quiz me on things to prove me wrong. And I I got like angry and that's when I like had to know things I had to just to get get at her because it drove me nuts it drove me absolutely bonkers so I would just like I'd, I'd have to know things and she was great to my sister never once quizzed my sister on anything until the day she died what never once quizzed her I guess she went crap she knows too much smart women don't make good debutantes <laughs> just toss that whole model out the door like back to the drawing that board that didn't work that didn't work let's, let's go take two now mind you my sister was only eight when my grandma died so like my sister has only amazing memories of my grandma and I'm over here like mm-hmm. 
She left me moldy paper and mouse covered like everything, an entire car full of it. My parents, oh, she left it in her will too, which means I legally had to take it. Fuck. My parents uh, called me. I drove up like overnight. They filled up my whole car, went to the funeral that afternoon. That following night, drove all the way back home, unloaded it. It was a whole to do. No one showed up to her funeral. Oh, no. Oh, that's why I laugh. People are like, your childhood's really messed up. I'm like, yeah, but it was funny, though. Well, that's <laughs> like when you have a lot of childhood trauma or there's two ways you can look at it. You can just be like, just be sad and have all of those feelings about it for forever or you could just go i am i made it through that as fucked up as it was and now i'm just gonna laugh at how they just got away with it oh yeah i used to feel terrible up until i was like 23 24 mm-hmm. i used to be like really hard on myself i'm like my childhood sucked and where blah 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 and then now i just think it's the funniest thing in the world i'm just like what kind of lifetime movie nonsense a&E documentary history channel <laughs> bullshit is this, is this? like yeah. when you hear about serial killers it's like it's like oh man i could have gone way wrong well, listen, did, gone- you have, did you have any head trauma as a kid like severe head trauma i mean there's some Maybe. time for you i mean don't rule it out yet don't. i don't know i was i was disabled as a child so that really messed with everything <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, that'll do it that'll do it oh yeah no friends had no friends until i got into college i was the weird kid in the corner that knew way too much about pyrex so nobody wanted to be my friend we love it oh yeah we would have friends been your now friend. yeah exactly i was like i have friends now so yeah. it doesn't matter I know. that's it that's the nice thing about the i tell i have some because i'm a hairdresser so i have some I have some younger clients that are going through this stage of their life of being the quote unquote weird kid. Yeah. And I have this one girl that I absolutely adore and she is so painfully shy and it breaks my heart. Cause I just, and I told her the last time I did her hair, we sat and we cried and I said, I just want you to know that someday you are going to have a group of friends that you get dressed to the nines and you go sit at a drag show front row and you fucking yep. scream and holler and it will all be for naught. Like you will yes. find your group of weirdlings also. Yeah. Well, and that's mm-hmm. how I am with my daughter. Cause you, you mm-hmm. know, my daughter, she's not very quote unquote girly. Mm-hmm. Like she likes comfy. She's like her mom. I don't yeah. like, I'll wear dresses, but she just straight up won't. And I've never forced her. And I've always told her, be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. This is like a moment in your growing up. And Mm -hmm. once you get to college is when you find your people. And before I like... Pantsuits are for. I mean, pantsuits are baller, whatever. And before like um, when I was just doing Jill's hair and we were just like acquaintances through that, I would do her daughter's hair. And I always admired that like Jill would just let her daughter choose. There was no dictating from behind the chair from mom. And there was one day that her daughter sits down. She goes, I want to shave this part and I want to carve something into it and color it this and do an asymmetric bob. And I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) I was like, let's do it. And I, I have always, and I've told Jill that many times. I'm like, I love that you just let them do their thing. Yeah. Within reason, obviously. Because I just remember growing up, like I was told what I was supposed to do. Yep. And Same. like now it's like, why, why? That's not who I was. Yeah. I like, I yeah. shouldn't. Oh have. yeah. No, 
And I so have I, an asymmetrical undercut all the way under my yeah. hair. You can't see it here. But my hair is purple. I have tattoos now, mm-hmm. nose ring, and my mom hates all of it. It's wonderful. My uh, speaking of the, my paternal grandmother, she passed away this year, and uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. It's the same grandmother relationship that you <laughs> had. So congratulations. I was, yeah, I know. it's like you don't know what to say. So I uh, <laughs> loved her because she was family, but not because of how she was to me. I feel that you know, and um, I have to be careful how I talk about it on here because. To people that don't know my family history or what don't know me personally, they're like, wow, chill the fuck out, my dude. And it's like, well, she, I, uh, so I was not raised religious and she was. And I went to her house and I had my Monroe pierced. And I come, you know, walking up and she holds my shoulders and she looks at me. She's speaking to me, but not really. She's going, I just, <laughs> one day the devil will let you go and then hugged me. And I was like, Probably not. Probably not. I'm just actually. What the hell yeah. is that? And then she's like hugging me and she's like doing this fake kind of cry of like, I just want you to be okay. And I'm just standing there like, oh, I'm good, dude. I'm Everything's fine. fine. And then my dad was like, hey, bring the groceries upstairs. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> Absolutely. Here yeah. I go. Oh, she, we just, I just yeah. recently went down this rabbit hole of family history. And. There was, there's rumor that my great, great, great grandmother was a madam and she was married what we know like three or four times. And then her daughter, (laughs) my great, so it's my great, great grandmother. So my great grandmother. Yeah. You guys following? I got you. I'm catching Um, what you're doing. My great grandmother was married what we know seven times. And then my- The girl gets around. Yes. And so- this great grandmother was the product of said establishment. And by the time she got old enough to start maybe being considered a part of the staff, mm-hmm. her mother went, okay, you have to go live somewhere else and sent her to live with our Dutch Amish family. Oh, and then she was like, so now you have two completely different worlds coming together. Right. And then she traveled, married a bunch, divorced a bunch, kids across the way and then she moved to salt lake city and converted to the mormon religion in her like 60s 50s 60s 60s and then she did like all the genealogy right so now i have this will make sense in just a second listeners i promise so now i've because i've spoken about her and i didn't know her name until later this earlier this week so i looked it up and because of the genealogy that's been done I was able to find a picture of her and see a picture of her for the very first time. And then see a picture of my great grandmother as a young woman and then all the kids. And then I went through my dad's side and looked it up. And you remember when we had Josh Yaney yeah. on and the Rademakers from Michigan. And I said, I have family from Michigan, but I'm pretty sure it's just Detroit. I found out that my father's side of the family settled the Upper Peninsula from finland like we're the first people in the like that part of the upper peninsula in clark's what? township yes claim to fame and there's a road in clark township that is my maiden name winberg road and i didn't know any of this until earlier this Holy week shit. we may have to cut some of that down but that's fine we had this- i got <laughs> to experience the whole thing i like the whole so thing so it was i 
I had no I idea. I feel like I need to run and go grab one of my oddities for you because oh. you would appreciate it more than anybody. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I literally, I had no idea that I had any family from the Upper Peninsula at all. I mean, screw or the Upper that Peninsula. I was I'm still stuck on the brothels. Yes. I'm... Yes, so I'm that enamored is, with that. So I have a I have a mothball job for our mothball listeners. I if you're in the town when I find it out, I'll put it on our Instagram because I need to find business records to try and see <gasps> whether her or her husband owned brothels or what type of establishments they owned. Because at the time, there wouldn't have been a ton of businesses because this is the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. So we have a. I, damn yeah, it! I'm gonna have I, to go through like ancestries.com and figure out my shit. Mm-hmm. Do it. I don't know how familiar you are with Florida um, in the mid to late 1800s and the sex trade down there, like legal brothel mm-hmm. trade. Um, I have a coin from 1890 from the brothel in St. Augustine. Oh my God. At my, Holy crap. I'm a, I'm a sideshow performer. One of my other sideshow performer friends for my birthday one year was like, I dug something up for you. I said, what is it? And she just hands me a necklace. Now she wire wraps for a living. Uh, she makes hundreds of oh. dollars a day off of this nonsense. She beautifully wire wrapped with this gorgeous, like handmade, whatever chain and all this other stuff. And I'm looking at, I was like, that's a gorgeous coin. It's really pretty. It's got like a little emblem on one side. I'm wearing it around for weeks, weeks. And my, I took it off. I was staying at my parents' house for a day or two. My mom picks it up and drops it and (laughs) screams. And I said, what? And she was like, she called me by my full name, which by the way is like four names. Um, and Jesus. yeah, when you hear that, you're like, I'm oh. from the South. Let me go. Yeah, um, like, like it's, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. And she was like, what are you doing with a hooker coin? I was like, a hooker coin. And I <laughs> call my friend Jessa and I was like, I didn't look at the other side of the coin. Did I? She's like, nope. I was waiting for you to say something and you just didn't. So I let you go about your merry little way. I was like, what does it say? And on one side, I could literally run a guy right now on one side. It says one coin per screw. <gasps> that is fantastic. It's a literal, it's, it's a coin that when you would go to the brothel, just like a, uh, just like if you're gambling, you would buy tokens, coins, tokens. tokens, and you would slip the tokens through the, the girl's doors. And that's how you would get access. Wow. To their and I have one of those coins. And so I love wearing it out and about incognito. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I people are like, too. oh, my God, I love your necklace. I'm like, well, they asked. And then I have to show the other I side mean, to them. And if you get one one half of the population goes, oh, my God, that's so cool. And the other half of the population goes, it's very nice meeting you. And then they just <laughs> exit stage left. <laughs> OK, like, well, we can't be friends. Like, Did you that's know fine. she was a heathen? Because she's yeah. a heathen. Oh, yeah. No, people get the wrong idea about me all the time. I love TikTok. I had to make a semi thirst trap on TikTok because it got to the point where people were like, she's a good Christian girl. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, Not me. Wrong bitch. No, not this bitch. The other bitch. Not. No, I was like, have you seen that? Have you seen that? Have you seen? I was like, I, I literally have a video from before I blew up of me on stage doing awful things like stop it ain't me i'm not the one next i guess it's because i'm like i'm five feet tall oh i'm 
Yeah, I'm very little and I sound like um, a drugged squirrel, like my voice. I sound like a high squirrel. And I, I, I guess my just my general demeanor, because I'm g- generally a happy human. They're like, oh, she's so cute. And I'm like, OK, thank you. Yeah. Good. I look at my partner. I'm like, they think I'm cute. <laughs> like we have them fooled. Go next. Just go, go, go. go. <laughs> so when you so you grew up in this this world of uh, eclecticness, to put it lightly. Yeah. When you were like outside of that scenario in your early adulthood, what what bits were you grateful to know when you were out collecting for yourself? Like what made you go like, oh, I'm hmm. four steps ahead of my peers. Did you A feel lot. that way or was it just natural? Yes and no. Um, when I was in college, I was the... I was an art history kid among um, jazz majors. Um, I sang in a jazz band. I like it's it's I was around a bunch of band kids. So we didn't have really much of anything in common except for music, which was all consuming for their lives. So I got along with them great, but it was only like a quarter of mine. They weren't really into stuff like that. Mm. And the things I could find for them were like old, really old, um, I guess, like paper ephemera from you know, centuries ago of yeah. like piano scores and stuff like that. And I could, I could find things like that and wow them with that. But like my, the most of my friends that I would hang out with, hang out with personally, like my friend, Jessa, I was telling you, they were in sideshows, they were in burlesque, they were in cabaret and they all knew this stuff too, because their backgrounds were very rich in collecting as well. So it was kind of just a normal part of daily life. Like Jessa and I, every other weekend or so would spend a whole day together and we would just go thrifting. And we were both broke as hell because, mm. yes, and at the time she was a mother of three. She's now a mother of five. Um, oh, bless her heart. Oh, in yeah. I look at her all the time. In the southern like, way. Oh, uh, no. As in, like, in the non-southern way. Yeah. But also, at being a southern person, uh, bless her heart. Mm. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? When she's like, I'm pregnant again. I'm like, number four? Okay, you're done. Like, you're done. And then she texted me 18 months later and goes... I'm pregnant again. I was like, you're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. I looked at her husband, Graham. I'm like, you're done. You're done. <laughs> Stop it. It's like you have a family of seven. Yeah. You're done. And so, yeah, they're done. Um, but having kids, she was very young when she had her first kid and all this other stuff. And, you know, we, we were broke, flat broke. So we would always go thrifting for stuff, but it had to be good stuff and it had mm-hmm. to be for a cheap price. So it was just a normal everyday thing for me. And I was taking 21 credit hours. I also had a full-time job and I was performing full-time. So I didn't really have much opportunity to go out and experience things mm-hmm. in my early adulthood that I really wanted to. It wasn't until I, I say I literally defected from Florida. I was like, I gotta get out of here. I went up to Minneapolis and finally found people that were a lot like me. And I helped other people collect mm-hmm. me myself I didn't really hoard much when I was in Minnesota because I knew I would be leaving there I was only supposed to be there for nine months and I wound up staying for four years oh wow yeah on accident but there it's just one thing led to another I was like oh I mean I guess I'm happy here I got a good job I'll just sign another year's lease mm-hmm. I was like, um and so yeah I just kind of stayed never really collected for myself but I was definitely everyone's plug They were like, I need, I want this. I want this for my wedding. I want this as a gift. I want blah, blah, blah. How do I find it? Mm -hmm. And then I would be like people's personal shopper. 
what else am I going to do? Right. <laughs> like, That's I didn't have the money for it myself, but they're giving me money to do it for them. So sure. Which is like the best part of it. Cause yeah. that's when I, I don't ever remember like thrifting or collecting as like a side hobby. It was always something as a necessity. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like we were poor growing up. And so you went to the thrift store to buy the stuff you couldn't afford to buy brand new. Yes. And that's where that thrill of the chase started for me is like a kid, like going to yard sales and rummage sales of being like, oh my God, somebody's getting rid of this thing that's worth X amount and I can get it for a dollar or whatever. And then that just continued in the now that I'm on the other side of like a more financial stability. Now it's still the hunt aspect, but also it's just it's it's morphed into something completely different where I don't have to do it to survive anymore right yeah yeah I mean one of my most prized possessions is my coffee table that I literally got out of a dumpster I just needed a coffee table I had no idea what it was but my dad took one look at it and went and he was like flip it over is it okay we scraped the paint off of it um and we sent a picture to my grandfather it was from the furniture factory from across the street of my grandfather's factory solid woods from 1963 and somebody doused it in black house paint and it is my like prized living room possession everyone's like your living room's really cool where'd you get this from i'm like oh i found that and i refinished it where'd you get this from oh i found i refinished Mm -hmm. it and they're like where'd you get that from and i was like don't touch that don't look at that don't ask me about that that is my baby and it's just very in the background but that's like one thing where i just needed a freaking coffee table and wound up with a priceless piece of furniture that people would pay thousands of dollars for, I got it for free. <laughs> and I had my dad refinish it for me. I have those pieces too where people go, oh my God, where did you find that? And I'm like, just at an estate sale or just... Well, yeah, and I just don't know why it is because you are financially stable somewhat and people just automatically think you're going to auction houses mm-hmm. to get these things. And I'm just like, I just went to an estate sale and I was the first one in line. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I don't know about you, special. but I stay away from auction houses. Oh God. No, never. Cause the happen. professionals know what they're doing. And I'm like, I see you. <laughs> like, yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate the hustle. I'm just not going to participate. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. No. I'm not in the tax bracket to where I just need to participate in auctions. I, I don't have yeah. money that I just need to spend. I'm not there. Nothing. Have you ever watched a Fenton auction? No. No. Go on YouTube and type in Fenton glassware auction. And the people who bid on Fenton glassware are some people are like, have you seen that TikTok? Of course you have, baby. Um, have you seen that TikTok thing going around being like, what isn't a cult, but feels like a cult? And so many people have tagged me in videos going Pyrex. And I'm like, mm. Fenton. Fenton. Fenton, which would a hundred years ago make people laugh their ass off because Fenton glassware used to be carnival glass. Yeah, it was a prize. You weren't supposed to. It was a prize. It was free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But people will like call in and be like 12,000, 15,000. I'm over here going, it is a bowl. (laughs) It is a bowl that you could drop. Yes. That's the other thing. UPS could lose that. What are you doing? Oh, God. Oh yeah, things that cost more than my car. I'm over here going, it's it's a vase, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's a vase. But then again, I can't yuck their yum because mm-hmm. I'm over here looking at gooseberry pyrex salivating and people are like, it's just pyrex. So like I can't say True. anything. Yeah, it's it's like my current obsession right now is uranium glass. <sighs> I love uranium <laughs> glass. I love it so much. 
I will answer whatever you want to know. But um, that is a cult. Yeah. That is a cult within a cult. She's like head first into that cult. You, you are right now until you get there will be a certain stopping point and let me know when you get there I will be uh, awaiting your text message four in the morning <laughs> at four in the morning being like I've hit my limit like I'll be like Come what did me. you find and you'll be like kettle toppers I'll be like good <laughs> are you done now hold on I gotta it's a kettle topper I'm googling it I'm googling it the show is gonna ruin <laughs> so I wanted welcome to ask the last TikTok it's really creepy you can welcome <laughs> tell me what's it. A... Put a put a finger down. Man. I know. <laughs> put a finger down if you felt objectified by Billy while she asked you questions about your glass collection. Are you grandmaing us? <laughs> You're repeating the grandma. What did you call it? Glass topper. What was it? It is uranium kettle toppers. Kettle topper. Shit. You might have to put a few words behind that, but I'll guide you on your Google journey. <laughs> I'm afraid it's, to see um, what it is. It's no, it's just there. What they are is their uranium glass took off as being standalone glassware. And once people started getting really creeped out by it, the makers of uranium glass were like, this is all we're good at. What do we do? <laughs> and so around that time, about every 15 to 25 years, uh, a flux happens of people wanting to entertain in a certain way. Uranium glass had come and gone. And the makers, like I said, of uranium glass were freaking out. They were like, we got to be relevant, you guys. Like, we're screwed. <laughs> like, we can't compete with Fenton. We can't compete with Pyrex, Cor- uh, Corel. Like, none of that. We're screwed. So what they did is they paired up private label with a bunch of metal workers, um, stainless steel manufacturers, really. And they made stovetop kettles and stovetop percolators. But the glass portion on top was uranium glass. Oh, shit. <laughs> When heated at high temperatures, would glow. Oh, yeah. So here's the problem. A lot of that stainless steel was, it was stainless steel, but it was subpar. It was mixed with other things sometimes. And yes, stainless steel one day will, hundreds of years in the making, will eventually start to break down, just like every other material breaks down. Not necessarily rust, but, you know, oxidization, whatever. So these kettles, high heat, lots of cold, high heat, lots of cold, eventually started breaking down. And the only thing that survived was the uranium kettle toppers. And people search for these things. Last time I ran into somebody, we were out in New Jersey and there was a whole wall. This one woman was insane. She was like in her nineties selling all of her uranium glass from her like early adulthood that she collected for her wedding. Um, and had like a kettle topper in there. Everything else in the case was totally for sale except for that. Whoa. Well, even I just tried to Google it and I Google a lot of shit and it, it, it's not coming off just like a first. I will send you pictures. (laughs) That's why I say you might have to type in a few words behind that because it is a super niche thing. But the problem is, is until you know about it, you don't know about it. And that's uh, the problem with collecting. It's this ever expanding wormhole where people are like, oh, I love Pyrex. I've got, you know, the really pretty dot bowls. I'm like, those are great. Those were like prizes for GE. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're like a dime a dozen. And I'm like, cool. Have you found any pink gooseberry yet? And they just stare at me and they're like, I've got blue. I was like, have you found any pink gooseberry mm-hmm. yet? And then they freak out and go on eBay. It's selling for $30. I said, no, no, the bid starts at $30. I watched one last night, a whole set, like of the three bowls that stack, sell for over $550. Just those three bowls. They didn't even have lids. And I'm over here going, I can't bet on that. No. I bet once. And then I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't I can't want this compete. anymore. I can't compete with that. No. Like, Were they Cinderella bowls too? No, they were the um, 
I shouldn't even call them bowls. They were the casseroles, the three stacking oh, yeah, yeah, casseroles yeah, yeah. where it was like a two quart, a one quart, a yes. half quart, those guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. They didn't even have the freaking lids. They weren't even stored properly. And these people were like, I want them. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, people get, it turns into a competition. It's no longer about the glassware. It's that they want to say they have it over someone else. No, it's and a, that's yeah. what's cloud. Like, annoying about certain Pyrex groups that it's just like, I've got it, you didn't, and I paid shit ton of money for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, oh, yeah. I when so, like when Sam got the black snowflake one, Oh, I was so excited <laughs> for her. I found it at an estate sale for $12. Yes, you did. I was about to say, you did not get that on eBay. No. Because, no, because if the Facebook hawks had seen it on eBay, yeah. you would be left in the dust in two seconds. Well, and here's the thing, too. I, you know, I wasn't like, a, I didn't ever really get into the Pyrex side of things. Mm. Just, just because of, I could never find it in the wild because it's very popular. And oh, yeah. very popular where we live. Oh, yeah. And so Jill and I do this thing when we go to an estate sale, we split up. And like we go to different parts of the houses and we know if we see something the other person's going to like, we throw it in our basket. And there was two casserole dishes. There was the black snowflake and another one. And so I picked both of them up. And at this point, I wasn't really collecting Pyrex, but I was like, I'm going to be fucking damned if I give this black snowflake to Jill. I love you, but I'm not giving it to you. I love you so much. I know. I was so pissed off. I was like, fuck. And then I'm like, oh, I'm really glad you got it, though. But if I die, you'll get it. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Here, I found one for you. And actually, I found it for $35 on Etsy. Someone doesn't know what they have. Oh. This is, I love this. I tell people, like, so there's a triangle. I'm sure you guys are aware. It's the collection triangle that people never like to talk about. And people who don't collect the things we collect get very irate, especially in my comment section. It's hilarious. They said, you said it's rare, but you also said it's only $35. And I was like, rare does not mean expensive. Uh-huh. Expensive yes. does not mean good. Good does not mean rare. And I was like, you need to understand the relation between this. I said, the only other thing that you could possibly throw in there to make any of that make sense is supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the supply, it's rare. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Yeah. Like, it's also, it's not in demand. Yeah. It's that same. And that's the, the, uh, the risky business of being either a dealer in the antique world or a collector. Right. Because like we have this book in our collection that we found at an estate sale for a dollar. And it is um, a second edition of the original Wizard of Oz illustrated. <gasps> and uh, we were going That's to That's what my mom it. collects. Oh, oh my God. My mom collects Wizard of Oz. It's bad. Jill's going to lose her mind. I just, Billy just sent us the um, uranium. You have to screenshot it to zoom in. And that's a full kettle, too. They've got the kettle and everything. Unfortunately, this girl is a dumbass and doesn't know um, where she is. Are you you purposefully not sending me the link? Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good. You bet your ass I'm about to buy it. But um, I think it's actually a reproduction of the original kettle because I'm looking at it and it doesn't look right. But that topper... Um, Nope, it's original. Well, she has no idea what she's doing. Okay. Right now. Uh it is by the Oh, it's by the Buckeye Aluminum Co. Um Okie dokie, Smokey. I guess I'm buying this now. Yeah, you're Excuse me no, while I check get, out. On- <laughs> right it's fine. It's fine. I we totally understand. No, it's I'm I'm just saving it. I just shot her a message and went, Hi, twenty seven fifty? Hell yeah. I'm not I'm paying. excited to ride this roller coaster with you right now. 
Oh yeah, no, I she it's she's online right now too. So let's see how well this goes. But I just flipped through her past sales. She sells tiny uranium glass figurines, which I love <gasps> the little little guys and she has these little like they almost look like soy sauce bowls but they're not um, but she just has it under small trinket bowl but none of them were ever used for trinkets so I'm trying to figure out what the heck it was originally used for but I love uranium glass because half of them don't even have stamps on them they have you don't know where they came from Mm -hmm. a lot of times they were one-offs that were just given away as promo gifts and People, I love, I love that people send me questions, but sometimes it really irks me because they'll send me something and go, what is this? Without saying hi or what's up or anything, or how are you doing? They'll go, what is this? And then they'll send me something that has no identifying markings on it whatsoever. And I was like, beats me. And they're like, you're supposed to be the pro. I'm like, listen. (laughs) Yeah, no. And this is the other thing too. Everybody can have this same level of knowledge if you Google it. Yeah. Just Google it. And oh, then well, if- see, and that's what people get pissed off at me because they'll ask me and I'm like, I don't know. Google it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how we do That's everything. what I would do. Yeah. If I know something, I'm more than happy to tell people. But yeah. if you give, I, I love, so back in, you guys well know, back in the uh, late 50s, early 60s with the housing boom that occurred, uh, lots of things like GE, and I worked with Baker Betty on this. She had a set of glass bake bowls where she's like, I don't know where these came from. And I said, it probably GE sold with a new oven specifically. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Five people showed up in tandem went, <laughs> my grandma bought her house in 1965 and it came with a GE oven and these were inside of it. Wow. I'm like, I did it. That's rare, y'all. Like, (laughs) you have to understand that Glassbake also third party and privately labeled a whole bunch of saucers for 80 years. 80 years that were unmarked. People are going, I have this cute tea saucer. It says, I think it's Glassbake. When is it from? And I'll go, 1920 to, I don't know. And they'll go, well, how how do you not know? Can't you date it? I'm like, it's a, it's a saucer. I can't mm-hmm. tell you that. Especially if they never change yeah. their marking, you know, if they no. just, then you, then you can't differentiate There's no it. way. Anchor Hawking makes me livid with that because between 1945 and 1982, they didn't change any of their markings on their clear glass bowls. Uh, and people will hand me glass bowls all the time and go, oh my God, I thought you'd love this. And I'm like, this could either be really good or worth absolutely nothing. Just garbage. As one yeah. And then I'm looking at my family going, would you like this bowl? <laughs> like, I don't... Do you want to keep it? Because <laughs> Do I you want to keep the bowl? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I have to, well, first off, I have way too many bowls. My poor partner, like the amount of clanking you hear in my kitchen just to even make cereal is absurd. <laughs> But yeah, it's really, I need to take people on a tour of my kitchen, not my Pyrex collection. My kitchen would offend more people than not with the amount of clear Pyrex and anchor hawking I own. Just stacks. So what started the Pyrex obsession for you? Like walk me through where you like, because now, I mean, to be known as the Pyrex lady and to know what you know, like recall wise. So Pyrex was part of a larger thing for me. It was an obsession with antique cookware in general. Um, I love, love, love old mechanical items of any sort, electric or not. That's why I am obsessed with phonographs. Um, I first became obsessed with antique uh, mixers. 
hand mixers from the 50s and the 60s. I thought they were the coolest things ever. Also, because my grandmother and my mother both used one growing up from that era. And it was nostalgic, but also they worked better. Mm -hmm. The one time we bought a KitchenAid, it like practically smoked itself to death. Yeah. Because we bake a lot and eventually it just gave out. We're like, why with the plastic and the it just didn't work. And we could take apart our old one and fix it and grease it and put it back together. And it's like brand new. Mm-hmm. So I was obsessed with things like that um, because I just liked it. And I would scramble my eggs with uh, the old, you yes. know, mixer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the scramblers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just found that to be as a child, the most fascinating thing in the world. So it kind of sprung out of that. So it wasn't that I was necessarily obsessed with Pyrex. I was obsessed with everything kitchen wise. I'm from the South. Cooking is how we tell people we love each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was cooking all the time. I was in the kitchen with my mom. I was in the kitchen with my grandma. I was in the kitchen with my aunts. And they all had old stuff because of my grandma. And because of my grandfather doesn't throw anything away either. Um, thankfully, he's a little more tidy. But like same thing in his workshop. He's just full of old mechanical items. And so it came to be, I got a little older and I had a style. I was like, how do I zhuzh up my kitchen without my mom's thing is like old cookie jars and stuff and I was like I don't want to be like my mom it's really weird oh cool Pyrex and it kind of just went from there where at first it was because I love the chemistry of Pyrex and then I delved into the business model of Pyrex and how effed up Corning in general is as a company and how evil yet diabolically smart they are with everything they do to this day Corning is is a genius mastermind of making money and I always found that interesting. And Pyrex just was like part of that. It's just a part of a much larger thing. I think it took off for people because for the same reason that I like old antique kitchen stuff, it was uh, nostalgia mm-hmm. for them. I remember growing up in the 70s and 80s with my mom having that bowl. And it's a, and then they're like, oh crap, there's other people like me, but with different bowls. And that's normally how people get into it is it starts small and gets bigger. Mine was it started big and got smaller. Because then once I knew a lot about Pyrex, I was like, what's this? And then, of course, my grandma enters the picture. Oh, that's... And then, like, I would have to learn everything about that and everything about this. So by Mm. the time I was buying my own glassware, I already kind of knew what I was looking for. But to know exactly how to get a good deal on things, you have to know exactly what you're looking for. And it became a a mild obsession in my mid-20s of just trying to get everything my brain could come up with and that's also when I started working in the furniture industry as well and I was in Las Vegas all the time and I was in uh, Hickory North Carolina all the time and both of those places are very well known for glassware so I just started amassing yeah glass and it got crazy and also you meet people I'm sure you know antiquing you meet a lot of really cool collectors especially Mm -hmm. on the weekends they're there manning their booths I could just pick something up and go, I have no idea what this is. And then they would just info dump on me and I'd be like, great. And then I would just put it in the Rolodex for the next time. I also used to be obsessed with percolators. Um, and I'm very good. I only have one now and it's my Pyrex. <laughs> I bought my very first one this year. Oh yeah. Um, I bought it in a state cell. It's not anything to write home about. It's a Bakelite handle, aluminum, cast that. aluminum with the glass knob. And it's a like three cup little teeny baby one and but it i they uh i love the ritual of making coffee in a percolator and it's just so much better it's very zen it's so zen you just you have to think about what you're doing and it just it's yeah it's very ritualistic i love it but yeah i've only got my my pyrex flameware one from 1952 
Well, now I'm on the hunt for that shit watching TikTok. I I just saw three of them. (sighs) You have to like people don't understand when they're like, oh, do you like eBay? I'm like, I need to just make a video like called the ode to eBay. Because you don't understand. I were just now, both of us are getting to our level of collecting where we're going to have to start putting keywords in so that our phone dings. Because I've never been somebody that purchased stuff from eBay because, you know, I could go and shop. And um, then I started a podcast about antiques and now my house isn't big enough for all the shit I want to buy now. Yeah, there's also you have to keep in mind we're in a pandemic and yeah, you can't I have not I'm been immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. I've left my house six times and none of them were for fun reasons. Uh, I, I work from home. I you guys were on my live last night and mm-hmm. I was on eBay and people are like, What are you looking for? I was like, I'm on this isn't what I'm looking for. I'm on my daily peruse. Like mm-hmm. people weren't understanding, like, what exactly? I was like, Stop asking that. Mm-hmm. I'm on my daily eBay scan. I have maybe a, it's almost like a MySpace, but for collectors, I have about a hundred friends that I keep in close contact with on eBay and we all look for things for each other. Mm-hmm. Really creepy. <laughs> Quite cult-like. That's what it's turning into um, with when I was telling some of our girlfriends that we have a group chat with on Instagram oh, yeah. that we were going to be sitting down with you. She, she says to me, do you think she'd want to be in our group chat and be friends with us? <laughs> totally. And I was like, a hundred percent. Sign my ass I'm up. Like, She's one of us. Oh, I should do that as a surprise after I'll start a new Instagram. Oh my God, group do chat. it. Google gobble, Google gobble. One of us. Like and I'm I'll go, surprise. Billy. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, Hi. Billy, Billy B. Oh, it's, it's about three or four times a day. I'll get friends. I mean, I've lived a lot of places. I moved seven times before the age of eight. Like I moved a lot and I've made a lot of friends since then moving constantly. And I will get the, the errant text message two, three times a day. What is this? (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'll help you for free because I like you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like if I'm part of that group, I'm more than happy if someone's like out at a whatever. I work in logistics, so it's a very much a hurry up and wait kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So I'll release a truck and then sit here and be like, okay, well, there's nothing to do. Oh, look, Cindy wants to know yeah. <laughs> if this is a thing. And she'll be like, can I put you on chat real quick? I'm like, yep. And then I'm Skyping with somebody <laughs> in a Goodwill. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what this is. I'm like, great, me either. Bye. <laughs> like, it's just all day, every day. And I just, it's, I, I don't mind. Put me in your group chat. I don't give a shit. We're doing like, it. <laughs> We're doing it. You you can't you can't upset me more than the horrible people in my Instagram DMs oh, right God. now. Oh, I love be. it. I love the people in my favorite one. I didn't think it could get lower. I didn't, but today was a new low. The bar is in the ground. Oh no. Um, oh yeah, it's a guy. It's just a guy who just keeps sending me pictures of random things around his house, but has yet to send me one word. Are you wanting me to appraise these things, sir? I don't, I don't know. know, sir. Are you know. okay? Are you? Are you trying to call 911? Can I hug you? I feel like I need to hug you. He's sending you a code. I, what if he's like... I don't know what's going on, but at this point, I'm not, I haven't blocked him because now I'm just interested. I'm invested. Like, what if you have? like what's the modern the day week? version of misery. Like, I'm, my ankles are broken and I have my smartphone and she's gone to Whole Foods. She'll know yes. by this picture I'm yes. in this place. Yep, and Send like help. nobody better turn my little figurine duck three quarters west. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, I'll know. kill you. <laughs> yeah, don't he'll touch, know. Don't he'll touch. Know. So now, now it's just a no game. Touch. Now I'm just like every day, once or twice a day, I'll get my little 
boop. And I'm like, oh, random guy. What is it this time? Bink. Oh, a book. Like, I'm just, oh, okay. You're like, good. People want me to appraise things all days too, all day too. And I'm like, I can't appraise anything. I'm like, how many times do I have to say that you, there's a difference between like market value versus like mm-hmm. auction value versus historical value. Cause if you ask me how much something's worth, I'm about to piss all y'all off and be like, it's priceless. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't make it anymore, it's priceless. And then we will be like, it's just a Pyrex jug. I'll be like, it's priceless. It's priceless. Like that's, that's all you're getting from me. I can't give you anything you else. Can't ask for more, guys. Well, no. Take it to take it to uh, Antiques Roadshow. Okay. We'll be like, you know, an appraiser will usually appraise a piece of glassware for hundred and ten dollars, or at least that's the going rate in Philly. So if you want to fork over half of that, at least like fifty-five bucks, I'll tell you how much it costs. And, and then people like, are like, that's rude. I'm like, and yet coming into my DMs. Asking me for glassware for prices. Free. On a Friday afternoon. That's something you <laughs> can look up with yourself. all that glass. I know. And I'm sitting there. I was like, can you look at the bottom of it? They're like, yeah. I was like, does it have a number on it? They're like, yeah. I was like, you should type that into. Google. Literally, that's it. That there's like, no secrets. Like, if you want to know. I was like, if it's different if you want to know the detailed history because most of the videos almost all the videos that i have made stitching people holding stuff up have been sweet nice humans who genuinely want to know about the history mm-hmm. of whatever they found and i've told people are like i i get about 100 to 150 tags in videos where people have made videos of things now every single day that's what i wake up to wow people asking me to appraise and asking what they have and i feel like such an asshole but a lot of people in the comments are like, Can, you should tell her how much it costs. You should appraise it. And now I'm just like, the block button's my friend. I'm mm-hmm. like, I know you tagged me, but I got to go. Like, I can't yeah. do this anymore. And I love people th- that want to know stuff. But there are a lot of people who just want to use the service that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There is no service. I'm not running one. I'm starting to think about doing like a Patreon. And literally, it's like if you want to know the full history on something and you genuinely want to know about it, five bucks. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to start monetizing it at this point because it's Mm -hmm. I don't get paid on Uh, TikTok. Yeah, Yeah, I do. Yeah. And you Uh -uh. can't just you can't just give that knowledge away forever for especially the the rate of your growth and like how many followers you are just sitting at today. I'm terrified, to be honest. Yeah, it's not sustainable. For no, not at all. Yeah. No, I've I've been on TikTok since uh, who I don't remember to be honest. I think it's August, and that's it. And I up until I forget what day it happened. I feel like I'm PTSD flashbacks. Um, I don't know what day it happened, but it happened very violently and very suddenly. And it's because of Team Tripi. Um, he held up a pie or an anchor hawking cup. Uh huh. Said, "What is this?" And I stitched it. And he, I told him what it was. And that video had something crazy, like 5.5 million views on it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't understand. And everyone's like, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, my God, Pyrex talk. And I hadn't even talked about Pyrex yet. It was just anchor hawking. And Team Tripi and I are very good friends outside of TikTok. I actually met him while I was on his live at 530 in the morning. Um. I was just going to sleep. He was just waking up. He's a land surveyor by trade. So he was just waking up and he was drinking out of a Pyrex mug. And everybody was like, I love your mug. Where did you get it from? And I just messaged in the the live chat. And I maybe had 800 followers at the time. I was like, you have a Pyrex. That's a Pyrex crazy daisy mug. And he was like, oh my God, I don't even understand what Pyrex is. So I made him a video 
explaining what Pyrex was. And it's a two part. And that's when I had my first bump. And then funny enough, this happened where it was a joke. It was, it was supposed to be a joke where he was like, Billy, tell me about this. So I told him and he messaged me later that day and he sends me video messages. I should honestly stitch his video message to me on WhatsApp. And he goes, I'm so sorry. I said, why? And he's like, I did not mean for that to blow up. I did not mean for that to blow up. I was like, oh, it's fine. It'll be fine. We were so naive. Two weeks down the line now, I'm texting him going, I woke up this morning to 200 videos. And he was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm, this is your fault. No, it's not his fault at all. But it's like, he's a, he's a great guy and it's wonderful. But it's gotten to the point now where he's like, I feel like I opened the floodgates. I made everyone think that I don't know you and that they can just make videos like this and that you will answer them mm -hmm. in the same way. And I'm like, I love that I seem that personable, but now. Right. You're like, this I, is a you're like, I know. Happens, this was supposed to be a joke. Yeah. yeah, this is supposed to be a joke. I was at 40,000 followers when I made that video. Oh my goodness gracious. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I had made Pyrex videos. I made tons of stuff about Vicor, Corning, Corel, all sorts of stuff. Uh, the molecular makeup of Vicor, what happened legally to Vicor, Pyrex, how it changed over. All those history videos are way, way back. If you scroll all the way down. I started doing that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't start making response videos until that video. So that's that's like the start of it. And it's turned into this whole thing where everyone wants an appraisal. <laughs> like, I don't appraise. You're like, I can't. I, You're like, I, I just think it's I all do. pretty. Yeah. I don't, oh, God, if I could. But, whew, we should all get on like a Antiques Roadshow COVID edition mm -hmm. where it's just nothing but TikTokers who understand glassware, like appraising things on sti like stitching things. Yeah. But at like $30 a pop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm about that. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Totally. Let's do it. Let's mm -hmm. start a channel. The Mothball Prophecies. Oh. Yes. Featuring Billy. <laughs> Featuring Billy. I said, so one of my friends was like, wouldn't it be funny if you did like a Pyrex challenge like over Skype and you filmed it for your own Patreon? And I said, what are you talking about? And she's like, flashcards, literally put up like a Pyrex Ooh. bowl or like mm -hmm. a, a uh, certain pattern and be able to tell people about it. And I was like, okay. And now like, I have a lot of people that are like, oh, you're just making it up. I was like, people just want to be insecure. Yeah, how do you make something up like that? What a weird mm -hmm. thing to lie about. Like, that's a really, really strange. That is the... Out of all the things you could lie about, Pyrex is it. Yeah. I mean, the moon landing, how yeah. tall I am, Pyrex. Like, that's, yeah, <laughs> no, apparently that's what we're lying about now. You're I don't know. so aggressively lying about glassware. How no, dare you? You should stop. How dare you? I know I'm the worst. Like I'm, I'm absolutely, I mean, yeah. Okay, sure. Here we go. All the conspiracy theorists. Yes, you're right. I, I go and I look up the Google info and then I put it on TikTok wrong mm -hmm. on purpose just to upset you while you lounge in your mother's basement with Cheeto covered fingers. It's great. It's perfect. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It's That's fine. exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Which is the only reason we wanted you on the show. Yeah. Because uh, we completely. Need we, we need to a big fat that. liar. Oh my God. <laughs>